Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of The Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. So glad that you are with me again a few days now after Ole Miss gets a win in the Outback Bowl. Uh, and based on conversations that I've had with people, the, uh, the, the high, if you want to call it that, from the win has still not worn off from some people because momentum has just continued in the program, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. You had significant news drop yesterday. Uh, Jeff Lebby going to stay at Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss had to fight off some suitors, multiple suitors, uh, in order to keep him in Oxford. I think that means a lot beyond just his coaching ability. I think it means a lot in the big picture. So we're going to talk about that, as well as some players that have decided uh, to return to Ole Miss. Not really all that surprising, but still uh, some momentum continuing for Ole Miss after that bowl win. I've got my coffee right now. It's a little hot. I got uh, We got a, a Keurig for, uh, for Christmas. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, those things are incredible, by the way, if you don't have one. I know, like, the K-Cups are a little bit more expensive than, like, you know, the regular, like, buying coffee in a, in a can, but you can get a reusable cup that goes in the Keurig thing and fill it up with coffee grounds. So it's the best investment ever. And uh, so I've got my coffee, a uh, New Orleans-style blend because I'm lame like that, and I love the city of New Orleans, so everything that they do I like. And so I'm drinking some coffee right now, and we're going to talk some Ole Miss football. But first, I want to remind you that the podcast brought to you every single day by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue right there in Oxford. You've got NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. You've got Ole Miss basketball tonight, although the weather, I don't know if it'll be good enough to grill this evening. Uh, rain in the forecast. Oh, that didn't happen until tomorrow. So rain in the forecast tomorrow, but you've got wild card weekend coming up. So stop at LB's, get one of their daily lunch specials while you're there too, and pick up some meat to throw on the grill for this weekend and watch some NFL football. Go by, see Greg, tell him we sent you. And again, always glad that you are with us. And also don't forget, by the way, to, uh, to subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you're listening right now, Um, Hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review. Uh, I would very much uh, appreciate uh, appreciate all that. So, um, oh, first of all, before we get into the Levy stuff, I just found this funny. So Sean Payton is going through his press conference this morning, and uh, apparently he was not joking when he said that they explored the possibility, the idea of having 50,000 people go to their game on Sunday against the Bears and having them quarantine in a hotel room and testing them and then busing them to the stadium for games. Sounded like he was joking, but um, apparently not. That was something that they actually looked at. It sounds crazy. In fact, it, it kind of is crazy. But you can't tell me that you couldn't find 74,000 Saints fans that would quarantine in a hotel room for 10 days or whatever the CDC says that they have to do and get tested every day and bust into the Dome. I promise you, you could get 70,000-plus people to do that. So uh, it's a crazy idea, or at least that's what everybody thinks. 
Um, you could have done it. I think the Buffalo Bills could have done it. You could have had them quarantine in the tailgate lots outside of the stadium, and they'd have thrown two weeks of parties and then let them go to the playoff game. Like, this sounds crazy, right? Quarantine 50,000 people in hotels. I promise you, I promise you, you could have found 70,000 Saints fans that would have done it. If I didn't have a young kid, I probably would have signed up for that list as well. But anyway, you got that coming up this weekend. Uh, The Saints play the Bears, for whatever that's worth to you. Jeff Levy signs his new deal, two-year extension with Ole Miss. Here's what the release said for what it's worth to you. Um, Lane Kiffin agreed to a new contract on Saturday. We still don't have the terms uh, on that yet. Uh, You know, depending on who uh, you listen to, give or take, it's going to be around $5 million a year. That's That's the word on the street. That's the anticipation, somewhere around $5 million a year. The assistant salary pool is going to go up. And then, of course, the facilities project that everybody is talking about. Um, I keep hearing great things about what that is going to entail. If you are looking for stadium improvements, um, that is not going to be... I, it'll be part of the thing. It won't be the number one priority. It's facilities more so than stadium. You guys got to remember, and a lot of you already understand this, but some people ask, you know, why not the stadium? Because they only use that seven times a year. That's why. The more important thing for recruiting, for for getting players, for program building, it's not the stadium. It's the facility. It's the weight room. It's the training table. It's all of that stuff. The, the things that the players are in every single day is more important than the stadium. Now, don't get me wrong. The Vaught is dated. Um, it is, it's been built by a series of athletic directors that had um, narrow goals in mind. I think what Ross Bjork did to the stadium was awful. I think the, the erector set, student section side, looks bad. I think getting rid of the breezeway and the south end zone and making that ugly-looking clubs, that was just all short-sighted and just awful. The stadium needs work. It needs permanent seats, not metal bleachers. The the um, concourses need a ton of work. That's going to be part of this, as far as I understand it. But the first thing that's going to happen will not be stadium improvements. It'll be player amenities, locker room, weight room, which is desperately needed. It's what the players see every day. It's more important in recruiting, so that's going to be first. But anyway, the release uh, from Jeff Levy uh, says, here's a quote from Lane Kiffin, Coach Levy did an incredible job managing our offense and preparing Matt every game. Coach Levy brings the innovative mentality we want in our program. We look forward to building on the historic success of this season's offense. As you guys know, this past season, Ole Miss broke the record for SEC total offense in conference games, beating last year's LSU team by 12 yards per game. And you remember how dominant LSU was a year ago. Uh, they're top 20 in the country in 10 offensive categories, including total offense, scoring offense, rushing offense, passing offense, passing yards per completion, which is 15 yards per completion, by the way, which is pretty impressive. Passing efficiency, which is a huge stat. Completion percentage, first downs, third down conversions, and kick return defense. I don't know why that's an offensive category, but they put that in the release. Um... This is big time. It's big news 
for many reasons, honestly. Um, one, because he's good. He's really good. Um, if you listen to people nationally when they talk about the Ole Miss football program, all they mention is Lane Kiffin's offense, Lane Kiffin's system. It's all Kiffin's, and um, that couldn't be further from the truth. Now, I'm not going to try to fool you and tell you that when Jeff Lebby leaves Ole Miss, if Kiffin is still there when he does, I think they will be okay because Lane Kiffin has proven himself to be kind of an offensive mastermind. But this current Ole Miss team right now is heavily influenced by what Jeff Lebby does on offense. He is extremely good. The offense clicked the way they did, and they looked the way they did because of him. Also, on top of Kiffin. Everybody just gives Kiffin all the credit. Um, it, it's not that simple. Levy's very, very good. The The offense at Ole Miss looks very similar to what you saw at UCF a year ago. It's big because he's very good. They were prolific and extremely balanced on offense. It's not like the team just threw the football deep every play and because they had a good wide receiver and Elijah Moore and a good tight end and Kenny Aboa and some good complementary receivers that that's just all they did was they threw the football. No, it was the number one rushing offense in the SEC. They were incredibly balanced. They were efficient. The fourth down decisions I thought were really good. They've got to get better in the red zone. Uh, at times, I thought they went too conservative in tight moments in games. I think they did it uh, in Baton Rouge. They did it against Auburn. Uh, little tweaks, but I mean, what can you say other than just a masterful job? from Kiffin and Lebby uh, in terms of the Ole Miss offense. So it's big news because he's good, but it's also big news for a few other reasons as well. And I think uh, most importantly, there were reportedly multiple other suitors for his services depending on who you believe Auburn was in the mix a handful of others as well I was even told yesterday that a, a, a group of five school even looked into him about uh, a head coaching position so and I said this when Sark left Alabama that I'd, Nick Saban would be insane to, to not call him I guess that didn't happen but um, a, a guy with his pedigree and the offense that he just had was going to be looked at by damn near everybody because it, it's not just people around here that think Ole Miss was fun to watch. College football noticed and paid attention to what happened in Oxford this year. It wasn't just that Ole Miss offensively was efficient and um, good at everything, leading rushing team in the SEC. They didn't just see explosive plays and creativity. Um that that was noticed nationally. Everybody saw that. And they want that to happen to their program. And so a lot of people wanted him. I mean, depending on, again, depending on who you believe or who you hear, I mean, multiple jobs that would be considered generally better jobs, air quote, than Ole Miss came after Jeff Lebby. And he stayed in Oxford. I would tell you not to fall in love with assistants. This is what I talked about on the radio show yesterday. Never fall in love with assistants. Because Mississippi State's dealing with the same thing that you Ole Miss fans dealt with the last couple of days with Lebby. Their best assistant coach is being talked about 
at Texas. Zach Arnett, their defensive coordinator, I think he's a rock star. Um, I think he's just really, really good, and uh, he's being considered for the Texas opening. And so I said on the radio yesterday, you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan worried about Auburn or whoever getting Levy, if you're a Mississippi State fan worried about Texas, never fall in love with assistants because they're probably not going to be around very long. For every Brent Venables, there's a thousand other guys that have jumped ship at the earliest opportunity. Um, I mean, nobody's schools aren't loyal to assistants, and assistants are not loyal to schools. So don't fall in love with them. But he stayed. And I think that has a lot to do with what Ole Miss football is today. I think what you're seeing here is your program being elevated. And it's happening right in front of your eyes. And a lot of it has to do with Lane Kiffin. And maybe uh, the second he leaves, whenever that may be, Ole Miss falls right back into where they were. But I don't think that's happening for, for a handful of reasons. One, I think that the college football landscape as a whole is has been shifting. And when the new TV contract kicks in in a couple of years, it'll shift even more. I think you can make an argument that 12 of the 14 SEC jobs are top 35 jobs in college football. I've said something like this to you guys before. Um, and I think the new TV deal will just increase the money and separate it. But I've always thought, truly, seriously, I've always thought that Ole Miss was a better job than people thought it was, mostly because of incompetent leadership and bad decisions when hiring a football coach. And although the vast majority of Power 5 programs are really one head coach away from being fun and exciting and, and winning a lot of games, I do think that there is an underselling of what the Ole Miss football program can be. And all it needed was competent leadership in order to make it work. Because you're in a state, although it's a small state population-wise and you share it with another SEC school, this state, like per capita, is as college football insane as any other state. I mean, if you think on a given Saturday, in a state of 2.9 million people, you'll put 64,000 people in Oxford, 62,000 people in a stadium in Starkville, and another 25,000 at a stadium in Hattiesburg, I, does anybody else per capita do that? I don't know. I mean, I'm not not a math guy. not going to do the math, but you get my point. It's a, a, a state full of people that care. You have a pretty understood national brand, an alumni base that's scattered around the South. That's a, a negative and a positive when it comes to Ole Miss, is you have a lot of people that come from out of state and a lot of people that leave the state. It's good because you have alumni bases in Dallas and Charlotte and Atlanta and Nashville, and that's all good, but... Uh, you know, they don't stick around here, which I guess uh, is also uh, not great. I'm getting off track. You have a state that produces talent at a pretty high level, an underrated level. You're very close to Memphis, close enough to Nashville, not too far from Atlanta. There's ways where this job, the dedicated people, the campus, the town, it's an affordable place. It's not a sleeping giant, but I think it's a sneaky, really good job that just hasn't been run like it. And now it's being run like it. And now you've made the right hire at head coach. And what you're seeing with a decision like this for Lebby to stay when offered jobs at 
perceived to be better places. That's another example of things going in that direction. Now, I mean, like I've said before, you know, Kiffin could leave and Ole Miss goes right back into the suck, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think this is a Vanderbilt and James Franklin situation. I think what you're seeing is growth, real, actual growth. And this is, to me, maybe I'm looking at this way too deep. I, I, I could be. Maybe it's as simple as he'd rather coach Matt Corral than Bo Nix for one more year. Maybe it's just that simple. I think there's more to it than that. I think what is happening right now is the elevation of your program's status. And turn out another season where you win some games and you start these facility projects and suddenly it's a different job. That's, I think, happening here. It's a different thing. It's a big deal for Ole Miss to fight off who they reportedly fought off to keep him. And then continuity. That, that's uh, the three things. I think one, just simply because he's a really good coach and you want to have really good coaches on your staff. Two, because I think it is a sign of program growth and development. I think it is um, him being wanted by better programs, or at least the perception of better programs, and him sticking around is a sign of bigger things going on in Oxford, and then also you get continuity. So be Matt Corral's first season with the same offensive coordinator from the season before. The continuity is a big thing, especially when it comes to what this offense could be, because I know they lose Elijah Moore, and I know they lose Kenny Yaboa, but the back half of the season, Kenny Yaboa did not play like he did the first half of the season. What you have returning, you have a really good offensive line, uh, maybe one of the better ones in the SEC to start the season next year, just because of who you're getting back. You have uh, a high-level running back room, I mean, in total, but an elite-level running back in elite. You've got receivers who have proven to be capable. And then Matt Corral. And you saw how much he benefited from an offseason, a weird offseason with Lebby and Kiffin. Now give him another one? It's big time. It's big time. And the expectations for the offense should be really, really high. Um, I don't think that, that Lebby will be long for this spot. And that's okay. This is also what I was explaining to people on the radio yesterday. And why you don't fall in love with assistants. Because I don't think he's long for the offensive coordinator position at Ole Miss. I do think that another year like this and head coaching opportunities are going to come calling. I think that's I think that's coming. And I've talked about this with you before. There's something to be said about that. In a weird way, losing assistance to head coaching jobs. Um is great. Isn't that weird? I think it's a great thing. Because look at what's happening in Tuscaloosa. I mean, you can say the same thing about Clemson also. The two most prominent programs in college football. I mean, who wouldn't want to be a coordinator at Alabama right now? Look at what it's become. Hey, Look at what Nick Saban has done with his assistants and what they've become. Head coach at Georgia. 
head coach at Tennessee, head coach at Texas, head coach at Florida with Jim McElwain, although that didn't work out, head coach at Ole Miss. Nick Saban assistants are getting bigger jobs, and that makes it so much easier for you to make the next hire. And so next year, because I think it'll happen next year, when Jeff Lebby gets a head coaching job, hiring the next guy is different. It's easier. It makes it better. And I think that's what's going to happen. So don't fall in love with him just yet. I know you guys are really excited, and you should be, about having him for a second season. My guess would be this is his last one as the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss. Now, if Lane Kiffin were to leave after two years, I think he would be he should get the first interview. That's what I would do. Uh, would give him the first interview for your job. But that would be a great thing. If you can replace him well. We're seeing that Ed Orgeron's struggling with that. But it does make hiring the next guy easier. It should. Anyway, and uh, we'll see what happens. So really big news, great thing. I mean, there, there's absolutely no spin. I know in this business you're supposed to be controversial, although I have seen lately and noticed lately that um, that strategy in talk radio, I think it's a losing one. I've always thought it's a losing one. I know there's some level of you need to have you need to be controversial. You need to have some people that love you and some people that hate you because that makes for compelling radio. You need to have strong opinions. That makes for compelling radio. But there are some people in this business, some of which that have uh, given me advice along the way, not in Mississippi and, and other markets, that um, I have seen lately that are using their platforms, especially social media, to do nothing but generate engagement, and they don't care what it looks like. Um, one guy in particular, for example, um, said going into the college football playoff that Notre Dame had a better chance at beating Alabama than Ohio State did at Clemson. And he does radio in the South Carolina market. And there's no possible way he believed that. There's no way a, a person with a functioning brain could actually think that that was the case. So he got dunked on. I mean, constantly, just got absolutely dunked on. And then a few days later, he screenshots the analytics from the tweet and how it had a million impressions, and he was, like, thrilled about that. Well, I mean, I, I just think that's a losing strategy. Saying something that makes you look like a dumbass just to generate engagement, I think, is ultimately a losing strategy. It may work in the short term because, hey, people are paying attention, but you get discredited and laughed at, and then people will tune you out. Pro Football Focus College, for example, named Dan Mullen their coach of the year. Dan Mullen, they said, was the college football coach of the year. And I'm sure that generated all kinds of engagement. I saw people mocking it left and right, and I'm sure their social media team was like, hell yeah, look at all this engagement that we got. This is awesome. And... um Next time they post anything, I'm going to second guess it. So when you do, when you employ that strategy, people start discrediting you. So when I sat down and thought, well, you know, what can be the, uh, the different angle when it comes to Jeff Lebby re-signing with Ole Miss? I couldn't think of one because it's exclusively good. I mean, there's absolutely no other spin that can be had. None. 
Jeff Levy staying at Ole Miss is just a big deal. It's a big deal for every reason. There's not a single con other than I think that he's not long for the position there because he's eventually going to become a head coach, and I think he'd be a great one. I mean, that's like the only negative spin I could think of. Uh, there's, <laughs> I, I try, guys. I try to like have you know original angles and stuff when it comes to things like this, but sometimes good news is just that. It's just really freaking good news, and you got some of that uh, yesterday with him returning. It's it's just big time. That that's all that that I can say about it. It's just big time, and um, I'm interested to see what he can do with an actual real off season with his quarterback. One that uh, will allow him to work with his quarterback uh, beyond Zoom meetings and social distance, mask wearing stuff like that. Hopefully, we can get that. Also, Ole Miss got some news after the bowl win. Uh, it wasn't just Lebby returning, but it was. Uh, um, oh, and there's a, an assistant coach that is, uh, that's gone as well. I, I should mention this. Uh, Blake Gideon, the special teams coordinator, uh, was offered a, a job as a defensive backs coach. He, it, it was a promotion of some kind at Texas to work for Steve Sarkeesian. And um, it just, that makes all the sense in the world. He, he played there, and, and it's, tech, you know, it's Texas. And he got a promotion. That is going to happen. That's why I say don't fall in love with staff members because uh, this is what happens. But he did a good job when he was at Ole Miss. Uh, I'm interested to see who they hire. I've honestly not done much digging into a short list of special teams coaches. Uh, So I I expect that to be announced soon enough anyway, and and we'll look at it then. But uh, when you do well, people are going to come after you. And uh, this move makes all the sense in the world for him, You know, going back to his alma mater getting an upgrade and job, I assume a pretty hefty pay raise as well. And uh, yeah, so Blake Gideon gone from Ole Miss to join Sark's staff at Texas. But the good news uh, did not just end with Lebby. Uh, Ole Miss got a series of uh, announcements, players deciding to return uh, for their extra year. So Ole Miss, basically every senior other than Ryder Anderson, uh, who's going to transfer to to a smaller school? Um, the the word has been Rice, um, which good for him. You know, you you finish your eligibility with the exception of the extra year at an SEC school. You played a lot, but as life goes, sometimes uh, they're bringing in better players. Playing time for him probably would have been cut pretty significantly next season. So he's going to play his final year of eligibility in a place where he can play and probably do it very very well closer to home in Texas. But aside from him, it kind of sounds like everybody uh, that was a senior is going to return. Uh, I may have missed one, but so far I've seen Ontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, Jalen Jones, Sam Williams, uh, Ben Brown, and Tariqis Tisdale. I'm sure there's more, but those are the ones I have written down, all returning to Ole Miss. And, of course, there's kind of the element of you know where you go. Where would they go? I mean, I guess they could transfer, but like the NFL wasn't really going to happen. So I get that, but I still think the continuity piece of all this is is big time, especially your two wide receivers, because neither Dontario Drummond nor Braylon Sanders are Elijah Moore, but a healthy Braylon Sanders is an effective, good, capable SEC wide receiver who is also good especially on the deep ball. 
Donzario Drummond as well. They're not Elijah Moore, but they're capable guys who I think when asked to carry more of the load, and you saw Drummond in the bowl game do just that, are able to do it. Are reliable receivers that can step up when asked. Braylon Sanders just can't stay healthy, but when he is, he's an impact player. And so having them two coming back for continuity purposes in your wide receiver group, that, that's a really big deal uh, because I think that they're effective and they're capable and they can do it. And so when you pair them with potentially Plumley in the slot and then the recruits that you brought in, which has a handful of high-level wide receivers, you still have the opportunity without Elijah Moore to have a really explosive passing offense. So I didn't think these guys were really going to go anywhere because I don't think that they were NFL guys just yet. It's still nice to know and see and have the two guys that you know can produce for your offense and have shown that they can produce for your offense without Elijah Moore are going to be returning. Now, uh, Jalen Jones, they said he's going to move back to corner. Um, I think he's important for that team, not so much because of ability, although they would have loved to have had him this year. Just having that veteran presence when they're going to rely on a bunch of young guys to play in the secondary, I think is an important thing. Sam Williams could have gone to the NFL. I think he would have found his way on a roster, but another offseason without a distraction, without his legal issue that he ended up getting cleared up. Um, A real offseason without that going on. We'll see who they hire for the defensive line coach. Um, Would really benefit him because he's got the ability to become a a draft pick, you know, a a day two draft pick, I think, Uh, but did not show it this year, but the ability's there. Continuity. I think that's the theme of the day, is just having, when you're losing such production with Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa being gone, um, when you are trying to establish something on defense where they can take a step forward, having those wide receivers come back, having Ben Brown getting another offseason working on playing center, uh, having a veteran presence like Jalen Jones uh, returning to your defense to to be in the secondary and be a presence for those guys. Um, All of them coming back is not surprising. In fact, I kind of expected all of them to come back. But having them back, having that extra year of eligibility so you can have this on your football team, I think is pretty significant and uh, will only benefit that team moving forward, especially if they can have spring practice and stuff uh, the way they should. I, I mean, hopefully by... You know, the end of March, maybe we start rolling this vaccine out there or these vaccines. I guess there's multiple and cases start going down and maybe there's a sense of normalcy because, I mean, everybody has said it by now, but I think it bears repeating. If there is some normalcy in the 2021 football season, I think you will see atmospheres at Ole Miss like you've probably never seen before outside of a very small percentage of games. LSU 2003, Alabama 2014, those are the kind of atmospheres you'll see every week if things are back to normal by the time the season begins. I think 40,000 of you are going to be in Atlanta to watch them play Louisville in the season opener. I I, I think at least 40,000 of you if things are back to normal. So, yeah, this is basically a good news podcast today. I mean, uh, well, I guess you have a basketball game tonight. 
they have uh, Auburn, I believe. They're wearing powder blue uniforms as well. They look good. They look really good. Uh, Devontae Schuler got to release those on his Twitter yesterday. Those are good-looking basketball uniforms. Uh, so Ole Miss will play, I believe it's Auburn tonight. I'm going to tell you the truth. I haven't really looked into it much. Yeah, it's Auburn. 8 o'clock tip. Jeez. Top of these late games. Uh, Ole Miss needs a win bad. They need a win bad. Uh, especially after the way they uh, just completely blew it against Wichita State on Saturday. So uh, you have to get the game started out right tonight. I know they're a favorite uh, in this one. Uh, pretty heavy favorite as well. So minus seven is the line. That's interesting. So um, I might do a reaction pod to this game. I haven't decided just yet. I will be watching it, though. I know I haven't spent much time on basketball because I think you guys uh, probably understand that in the content business, Ole Miss basketball is not getting clicks right now. It's just not. Um, So maybe they get a win tonight, one that they desperately need, and uh, we'll have something good to talk about when it comes to basketball. So other than that, been a good news podcast. Really glad that you guys uh, are with me. And uh, I appreciate any feedback you guys would give me as well. The, uh, The solo podcasting game is difficult. You know, I'm talking to a computer screen and some foam I've got on my desk here to try to muffle out some of the sound. My home microphone, not that great uh, compared to the studio stuff we have uh, up at the station. Um, It's tough sometimes. I I mean, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, uh, bouncing thoughts and stuff off of nobody. So any feedback or or anything, uh, I would very much appreciate if you guys are willing to give it. So... Anyway, all right, you guys have a good day. Really glad that you were with me, of course. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review. Nothing but good news going on with your football program right now. And until next time, have a great rest of your week. Watch your hoops tonight, and uh, talk to you again soon. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.